When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar and I'm usually your host on Heart and Hand, but not this week because, of course, there's no Rangers to discuss due to the international break. We will be back uh, on Thursday with our Heart and Hand extra previewing a rather important weekend trip to Parkhead. But uh, we didn't want to leave you with no content this week, so what we thought we'd do would be go back into our archives over on the Heart and Hand Patreon site. Now, if you haven't visited the Heart and Hand Patreon site, you really should. It's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. And for just one ninety nine, you'll get up to five shows every single month. But you'll also get access to our archive, which has over 1,000 hours of quality content, including this interview that our podder Chris Bett did with former Rangers defender Tony Vidmar. In it, they cover an awful lot of Tony's time at Ibrox, and I think you'll enjoy it. And if you do, then why not head over to www.patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, and you'll find plenty more stuff from Chris and a whole host of other podders. Until then, enjoy, and we'll be back on Thursday. Take care. Hello, everyone. It's Chris here with another episode of Bet On It, and it's another uh, special interview that I've done with a former Rangers player. Today I spoke with Tony Vidmer, the Australian treble winning player. Um, a very, very fascinating insight into a lot of things. Obviously, you've got the Parma goal, which is a given. Um, you have the game at Parkhead, um, where we won the league. Um, you've got, he talks about his relationship with Advocate, Walter Smith, Alex McLeish. It's a fantastic listen. So if you can all please listen to it and let me know how you found it in the comments below. And I'm sure you'll have just as much fun listening to it as I did recording it. Thank you very much. Hi, Tony. Thanks very much for doing this. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, we will start off with your early career with Adelaide City. So you joined, you made your debut in 1989 and you, you stayed there until 1995, winning two NSL Championship wins. Um, 
how did you find obviously starting out in Australian football um, and was your ambition obviously to play in Europe? Um, it was it was actually a tough uh, during during that time probably in in Australian football there was uh, a lot of um, tough uh, tough teams tough uh, tough players who who were playing um, and I think also there was a new generation of young players coming through. That uh, that period, so it was actually a good a good mix, a good blend of uh, football that was uh, that was happening during that period, and and, and learned learned a lot of football. Um, at that stage, no, not at all, not not even thinking about looking at having a career, just thinking that uh, for myself then it was you know just breaking into into the first team and wanted to stay in the first team and. Um, I think even at that stage, uh, a year a year later, got called up to the um, under under twenty three national team. Um, so that happened uh, that happened pretty quickly, and then with a year later, and then a year later, then I got called up to the full national team. So it was pretty. It, it came pretty quickly. So there was no real thoughts of of, of heading overseas, even at uh, twenty one or twenty two. It probably it probably started to happen um, just at at the stage probably when I already started. I probably would have played fifteen or twenty national team games. You had that international exposure. You travelled overseas, and then that's probably when things started to uh, to change a little bit. Well, in in the nineteen ninety two, you actually played for the Olympics, uh, the Olympic team um, for Australia. Was was that a dream come yeah. true for you? Yeah, that was uh, that was unbelievable. It was uh, an experience uh, for myself. I still I still have that in uh, in high regards. It was uh, a fantastic uh, tournament. Uh, we were in uh, in Barcelona, so a fantastic city, football city, um, and I think we went there with a, a fairly a fairly good team uh, players. I reckon that majority of those players were actually playing all in the national com- in the competition in Australia, so they were playing against men. And um, yeah, expectation wasn't high for us to do well, and, and you know we got to the semi-finals. Yes, so, so I think uh, I think a lot of people would um, have said he's overachieved, but the, the team that he's had was a, a quality team. It was. It was. There was uh, a number of players who were already. Playing in the senior team, uh, or just breaking into the senior team, and then not long after, we're in the, in the senior team as well. So yeah, it definitely was a uh, uh, a very group of uh, talented uh, talented players. So so after the Olympics, you actually had a loan spell in Belgium for Beershot. Um, do you think that came on the back of your performances at the Olympics? Uh, well, actually, it happened before the Olympics. Oh, did it? So yeah. So the. Um, we we had uh, with the Olympics we had some friendly games before we actually went to uh, Barcelona in in the Netherlands. Uh, yeah. We played against uh, I think we played against a French team, a Dutch team, um, and the club had actually seen me play there. Uh, and then yeah, so then before I went to the Olympics, the um, the, the deal was done, the contract was signed to uh, to go there. Um, so it, yeah, as I said, it happened pretty quickly, uh, and you know, straight after the Olympics, it was straight to uh, to Belgium. Um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a uh, uh, an experience that I enjoyed. Um, 
no, it's yeah, it was it was a strange, it was a real strange feeling. It was a very, it was a small, uh, a small club, a small town. Um, they didn't, yeah, the mentality was uh, was was strange. Where they were, you know, they were just happy just to stay up. There was no real ambition, and so I found that frustrating coming from a team in in Adelaide who were always fighting to be champions. So. Would it, it was, be, would it be uh, fair to say that they were the kind of team that would have been happy with a draw or a narrow defeat? 100%. Yeah. 100%. And that was the mentality. Uh, and back then, you know, Belgian football has changed, uh, changed a lot. Yeah. But back then, it was more focused on not conceding and defending. Right. right and, right. and that was, and that was frustrating. Um, because it was, yeah, it was very reactive football. And, um, it got to a point where I wasn't, wasn't enjoying the, the whole scene, and uh, and at that stage I felt, you know what, I, not, I don't want to be here. Uh, didn't want to be there, and then returned back to uh, to Adelaide. Um, I think for a year and a half, and um, got myself back to back into the national team, and then had the uh, had the call from uh, from Nuck Breeder if I wanted to uh, to go there. Um, and you know Dutch football. I watched a fair bit of Dutch football. Thought it was a good league to uh, to improve the game, to learn more. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it's a strange one because from Breda to uh, Acre and where the club was at, it was like forty kilometres away. So and it was chalk and cheese in uh, in the way people people were. They were fantastic in uh, in Holland and in Belgium. I found it quite the opposite. Right. Did, did, when you moved to Holland, was it a bit of a? I take it that was the first time you'd ever permanently moved away from from Australia. Uh, when I went to Belgium, yeah, Belgium was the first time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, look, it was it was uh, it was probably a, a kick in the kick in the teeth that I needed because I think during the years before that with the Olympic team, we travelled a fair bit overseas for tournaments uh, or games and then when I'd come back then I'd off, we'd be off with the national team so I hardly spent any time at home uh, I was always uh, travelling so I probably thought it was going to be a little bit like that um, and, and never really probably sat back and thought you know what now I need to uh, roll up my sleeves and, uh, and work hard and put up it's going to be difficult you know living on my own um, family on the other side of the world and uh, you know if this is what I wanted to do then I needed to uh, make sure that I uh, did everything right to uh, to give myself that uh, that opportunity to, uh, to to make a uh, you know having a, a long career in, in Europe yeah we'll, we'll, we'll slightly skip over um, your time in Holland and just go straight into your move with Rangers um, how, how did that come about obviously it was a free transfer so I take it you were, you were out of contract Um how did you first hear about it? Who approached you? What was your initial thoughts and feelings? And what did you actually know about Rangers? Um, it was... I'm trying to think. It was in the winter break. So I was... Uh, the club... Uh, uh, Nuck wanted to uh, to re-sign me. Um, I was... I was kind of holding off at, the, at that stage. I didn't know whether I wanted to, to continue on there. Um, and yeah, it was... It was the turn of the uh, the Bosman ruling, so that was completely new for a lot of a lot of people there. Uh, so knowing that I was a free transfer, so I, I kind of delayed on on making any decision. There were 
there were uh, a few other clubs interested. Nothing really. Uh, it was all just initial initial discussion, but nothing really concrete in any way. And um, received the phone call from my uh, agent at the time, Ton Bendalen, who said that uh, Rangers were actually going to come and uh, watch a game. I think it was the first game after the winter break for us. Um, so yeah, and, and I think it was uh, uh, Walter who came to that game. Um, and yeah, I think I did okay. Um, and then yeah, and then had the phone call that evening from my agent that uh, they wanted to uh, sit down and uh, negotiate a contract. And and how how much did you actually know about Rangers beforehand? Was were they big over in Australia um, before you did yes, some? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. We we always uh, apart from also the uh, the English football, you always you always got a, a Rangers Celtic game whenever it was on shown shown in Australia. Um, so it was, uh, and then also being in Holland for those couple of years, you uh, got to see all the football. So you always got to see the, the, the you know, the, the big game Rangers and Celtic. So um, you, you didn't, I didn't know too much uh, about the whole history of the of the of the club, but you just saw the games that the that they were involved in and uh, the the passion from the supporters and just the. The, the the rivalry and uh, the games were were were, uh, were immense. Yeah, and how helpful was Craig Moore in helping you settle in at Rangers? Yeah, Maury was good. Maury was uh, was excellent. It was um, when I did move there, he uh, kind of uh, helped me uh, settle settle in there. Uh, so it's always it's always uh, nice to uh, to have. Someone that you know, fellow uh, fellow player, fellow countryman. Uh, so, uh, and Maury was uh, was excellent. He, uh, you know, he was uh, younger younger than me, so he was just breaking through as well. So it was uh, good to have uh, have him there. Yeah, I mean, so, some of the names that Rangers had when you arrived. I'll just I'll just name some. Um, you know, Paul Gascoigne. Brian Loudrop, Reno Gattuso, Andy Gorham, George Alberts, obviously Alan McCoyst was still there, um, Ian Ferguson, I think Richard Goff came back for the end of that campaign. You had yep. you had Marco Negri scoring about 30 goals in 10 games. Yep. Um, what was that like to go into the dressing room with all these amazing players and different characters? And I, I suppose it's like nothing you'd ever seen before. No, no, and, and, and that's the thing. It was... It was um, I'd say intimidating, yeah. because uh, you know I was uh, I was still yeah I was still young, but you had those players who've been been there for for many years, or you had the foreign players. Even you know Jonas Turn came from uh, from Roma, Swedish international that year that I was there. So there were big names there, and uh, yeah, it's it of course it's intimidating, uh, but. It actually made you think. Oh, okay. Well, this is it. This is this is where you want to where you want to be. Well, then you got to make the most of it. And uh, yeah, it was it was challenging. It was hard. Um, there were you know there were good times. There's always bad times along the way. It's difficult. You're not playing, uh, but then you are playing. So it's a. Uh, it was like it was a fantastic uh, fantastic place to uh, to be in to start off in that. Um, and yeah, it's for me. It, it took time. 
it took time for me to uh, to get used to the, the, the football. It was much faster than I had been used to, um, and it was uh, something that uh, yeah I probably admit that I struggled with it. Uh, at first, uh, and as I said, that took me a while during that first season. But and it's a club where you don't have time to settle. You've actually got to uh, produce straight away. So it was uh, it was a difficult uh, first year. I think that's part of the uniqueness of playing for for Rangers. There's very little time you get to obviously settle in. It's pretty much you have to hit the the, the ground running. The ground um, running, yeah. Yeah, and I, I can I totally appreciate obviously your, your struggles there, and, but. I would say personally, you did overcome them. Um, how, how did you actually find Walter Smith as a manager and as a man? He was a good. Uh, he was a good man. He was definitely a, a, a good person. He was uh, good to uh, to talk to. Um, it, yeah, it was it was funny because you know he was very uh, quietly quietly spoken, but then he could actually really. Some players, some uh, <laughs> some uh, some treatment as well. well so, I, was going to, I was going to say that. Did you ever get in the wrong side of them? I don't think I did. I, I, uh, I would remember something like that. No, I don't remember <laughs> anything. Uh, what What was the worst uh, dressing down that you'd seen them give? Uh, uh, ooh, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the games. Uh, I reckon it was. Uh, I can't remember what was said, but I reckon it was the um, half time away to uh, to Hibs. I think we were three one down uh, at half time. We ended up winning four uh, three, or three nil. We three nil down, or something like that. And it was just, oof, it was uh, not a nice place to be in no. at uh, at half time. No. Um, and yeah, as we said, we ended up winning four three. I think. Uh, uh, George scored scored towards the end some some thunderbolt from him. Yeah, um, as, as usual as it was with George. Um, there's <laughs> there's one in particular uh, goal that I want to speak about. Um, we spoke about it briefly offline. Um, I, I must admit, doing my research, I didn't know anything about that. It was one of the other poddles uh, that we have. Um, his name's Cami uh, Cami Bell. He actually says to me that he was at a Rangers Celtic reserve game at Ibrox where there was around thirty thousand there. And yep. he, he's, this is, I'm quoting him, um, he said it was one of the best goals he'd ever seen any player score, and that was scored by you. Can you just talk me through the goal? <laughs> can, can he hasn't you... seen too many games then, has he? <laughs> well, well, Tony, I think you're doing yourself a bit of an injustice here, because from what I've heard, it was a, an absolute Messi-esque goal. <laughs> um, can you just uh, talk me what, through what, what actually what happened? I, what, what I can... Vaguely remember is I received the ball on the halfway line and went through the middle, and I reckon I, cut, I, I it was yeah I think I was playing left back that game so I took it down the left cut it in and and I think I pretty much hit it with my right bent bent it in the top corner or something like that but uh, yeah I do remember that part but uh, yeah I do remember there was a uh, a big crowd at the at the at the stadium. So yeah, and as you said, you, you as you mentioned it the other day, I just totally forgot about it. And uh, yeah, as I said, if you can find some footage on it, good luck. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm <laughs> I'm uh, trying, but that that was to put that into perspective, Tony. That that was a that was a reserve game with thirty thousand people there, and obviously it's something yep. that is kind of went to the back of your mind. How does that make you feel, knowing that that's created memories for many many fans? 
Yeah, it's it's special. It's a special um, a special thing that uh, uh, someone can remember that. Um, players have come and gone through the club and um that uh, that goal gets remembered is uh, yeah it's it's unique it's it's a it's a good feeling and yeah. you think that you know whenever you, you you're at a club that uh, you'd hope that you do well and that you can leave a a lasting memory or, or memories with uh, with your supporters and, and with your club um, that you know, when you do return at some point, you, uh, uh, you you remember the place. Yeah. Well, in a little bit, we'll go on to another goal that you scored that will certainly be remembered for the the rest of rest of my days, rest of many Rangers fans' days. But just before we get to that, we'll, we'll stay on your first season with Rangers. Um, around about the Christmas time, you went to play in the Confederations Cup with Australia. Now, I didn't know much about this, and doing my research, um, it looked as if you had a very, very good tournament. I just want to ask you, in your group, you finished second, you beat Mexico 3-1, which is an outstanding result. You then draw with Brazil, uh, nothing each, and Brazil at the time were the reigning world champions, so that's a very credible draw. So, what happened against Saudi Arabia? Did you beat 1-0? We got beat 1-0, I reckon we... Played with a handbrake on. Yeah, I think you said there. Yeah, yeah I, I just, yeah, just reading between the lines, I, I, I can, I yeah, can kind of guess that. I think I, I'm, I'm not sure if you had actually already qualified. I think you had for the quarter So that's probably, I think, I think, yeah, so I think there was probably a few changes made. So yeah, yeah look, again, it was uh, a tournament that uh, we weren't expected to. Uh, again, the expectation wasn't high, probably in the media or in our own country, uh, but again. We had a very, very good team oh, out there. It was an awesome team, just reading some of the names. I mean, in the, in the semi-final, you, you, you uh, beat Uruguay 1-0. Um, Harry Kuehl scored. I think that yep. was maybe the first time a golden goal had ever been decided in a football match. I'm not too sure about that. Uh, oh, I can't remember. I yeah, can't it was certainly that. a golden goal that he scored, um, that, that just from my research. And just around the timeline, I'm going to say that it probably was one of the first, if not the first time. And then obviously you get to the final and you meet Brazil again. It yep. does seem to be a bit of a disaster that much. You get beat 6-0. Mark Viduka gets sent off. Um, yep. I think you get taken off quite early because there had to be a few changes, tactical changes. It was you and another, another player that gets sent off, eh, taken off. Did it just... Was it one game too, too many, maybe? Yeah, look, it was hard enough. It was hard enough that we drew in the group game with 11 men, nil-nil, um, and then you know, playing with 10 men, then it becomes even uh, even harder. So that was that was the um, the difficult part of it. Uh, um, and look, yeah, as I said, we uh, we had a fantastic tournament. We didn't change too many players. So I think a lot of players were probably coming to a point where you're playing at uh, ultimate uh, fatigue. Um, and it was uh, yeah, it was. It was a fantastic tournament. It really was. It uh, it probably um, with the players we had who continued on probably till uh, you know uh, the next uh, ten years. Yeah. Um, so it was uh, yeah it was started of a yeah, of a good uh, group of players. Yeah, definitely. So back at Rangers after the Confederations Cup, um, Walter Smith has announced that he's leaving. How did that affect the dressing room? Uh, yeah, it was, 
It was a strange feeling, yeah. As you said, that uh, Walter decided to, uh, to to step down, um, and a lot of players have been there for a number of years, so I think their their uh, futures were going to be in doubt. Um, so yeah, it was it was a strange it was a strange feeling, and for me it was even more strange because that was my first season. As I said, there was a lot of players there who'd been there for for a number of years, so yeah. uh, you know they were part of they're part of history of the club. Uh, so it was it was it was a strange, very strange feeling for me, but also probably for those group of players who felt that they wouldn't be there this following season. And um, uh, yeah, and, and and that kind of was the uh, was the case when uh, Dick Africa came out. Yeah, the, came in. The, the perception of most Rangers fans as Walter announcing that he was leaving probably cost us ten in a row. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, hindsight is always a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, look, oh, I think we didn't. What I being there, I thought that the first half of the season was very good, but then after the after the New Year's and all that, I think we became very patchy in our performances. Um, we didn't. I don't think have a consistent uh, run of. Uh, uh, games of winning games, so I, I think probably that had probably more of an effect than uh, than, than Walter uh, stepping down. Yeah, and obviously Dick Advocate was announced as in, as he was going to be the new Rangers manager. Um, yeah, pretty soon after Walter actually announced that he was leaving, and he would obviously take over in the summer. Well, guys like yourself who had just been there. Um, and obviously your future maybe wasn't as uncertain as it, as it was for the other guys like Stuart McCall, Alan McCoy, Andy Gorham. Were you excited about this? Oh, look, um, you're excited but then also nervous because you don't know what the new manager will do. He will bring in his own players that he uh, he sees fit. Uh, so you, you, you went with that unknown. Even though you had a contract, you still had that unknown whether you'd still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he brought in a lot of players, and he brought in uh, especially two in, in Arthur Newman and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, mm-hmm. who could play as left backs. Yes. Um, so <laughs> that was something that I thought, well, maybe it's going to be a difficult t- time for me then. Yeah. So I I had no idea what was uh, what was going to happen. Um, I just made sure that uh, once pre-season started that I just put my head down, worked hard and uh, and tried to, uh, you know, put in put in uh, good enough performances to, uh, to to keep me there. So obviously uh, you, you were a very versatile player. You could play right back, left back and at times you could play centre half, you could play right across the back four. Do you think that that helped you or hurt you? Uh, well, I don't think... Well, I think it... It, it, I don't think it did because I reckon it was about a month after the pre-season had started uh, uh, Dick called me into his office and said that uh, I could actually leave leave uh, leave the club for free mm-hmm. so if there was a club who wanted to take you they could you could leave because he said that uh, I'm not going to, to play we've brought in uh, quite a few players um, he said look you've actually been Training really well. The games he played well. Um, he said, "I just want to be honest with you. Then I think it'll be difficult for you, and maybe it's good to to go somewhere to uh, to, to play to, to play football." 
Um, and then it was, and then I was actually um, training with uh, with the reserves at that stage with uh, with Bomber Bomber Brown. Yeah, and uh, would have, would have been training I think for at least two three weeks there, um, and then all of a sudden got a got a message that uh, I needed to report to uh, to first team training um, because then Arthur Newman was injured. And then I think uh, I was thrown into uh, into the first team into the in the in the game. I think it was St Johnson at home, um, and played and played very well. Um, and then I think Arthur Newman was going to be injured for for a number of months. Uh, uh, so I thought maybe I was just going to fill in for one or two games, and then that was uh, that was it. Um, and then after played another game. Played well. I can't remember who the second game was, and and then I went on to the, into the manager's office and said, "Look, okay, I've played these two games. Um, am I still free to go?" And uh, he says, "No, no, 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 no. You're not going anywhere." <laughs> <laughs> so things, how things change in football. Yeah, you know, you've you, you've just you've staked your claim for for a match, and you know that's uh, sorry for a place in the team, and that that's what it's all about. Football can change very quickly. Yeah, yep. obviously. Obviously, we advocate coming in, uh, as you mentioned, they brought in some right quality players. Uh, your Newmans, Van Bronckhorst, Kinchelski, Charbonnier, Kloss, Claudio Rayner, uh, Craig Moore returned. Um, it was it, it was an awesome team that, that Dick Advocate built. And as a fan, it was very exciting times. But in the dressing room, what was the actual ambition from the team and the players? What what were you wanting to achieve? Was it European success? Did you think that anything was possible? I think it was everything was uh, was possible. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there was one player just thinking for um, the domestic competition or the European com- competition. I think there were players who have won things before and who just want to keep winning. And that was that was the feeling we had when we walked onto the field that we would win. Not 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 being arrogant, but we just believed in what uh, what we could do. Um, and yeah, totally agree with what you said. We played some uh, unbelievable football, some yeah. really good football to uh, to watch and uh, be a part of. Um, and uh, yeah, there was um, you know that first season with Avocat was uh, was unbelievable. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the whole season. It was the, the first objective for any Rangers team um, if they haven't won the league the previous year is to get the league title back, and yes. that that's obviously the main. Uh, the main thing on Rangers fans' minds get the title back. That's the first and foremost. Um, we had an opportunity to win the title back from Celtic, and it was a game at Parkhead. Now I want to speak about this in a little bit in depth because you played in this game. I couldn't. I couldn't speak to Craig Moore about this because he was actually injured for this game, or I think he'd left. I don't know one of the two, but he wasn't involved. So before the game. We've got the chance to win the league at Parkhead. What was the atmosphere like before you even arrived at the stadium? The build up in that week. What what would what would what were you guys talking about? Were you excited about it? Did you really, really want to do it? Did it add uh, look, a bit of space to it? Yeah, look, I think it. I th- yeah, you're going to go to your uh, your biggest rivals and you can claim the championship at, in their own backyard. So I think that's yeah, that's enough. 
Um, and it was, and look, it was for both, for, for the, for the non-Scottish players, uh, and the Scottish players. It was the same. Let's go there and, and, and win the game. And, uh, again, yeah, it was a, 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 a great game to be a part of. Because I think we, oh look, we we had our probably nervous moments. They had some chances, but then I think we took our uh, took our opportunities. And then I think once we scored the first goal, then I don't think we were actually going to lose the game. That's how that's how it felt. That we just needed to get that first goal, and we would uh, we would win the game. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, and, and and Neil McCann had a an absolute blinder. Yeah, he did. That day. So. What, what, what was it like to be on the park at the time when obviously Hugh Dallas, the referee, get hit with a coin and then you had the pitch invaders? Were you fearing for your safety a little or was it anything like you'd ever experienced before? Yeah, no, it was nothing I've experienced before. It was kind of eerie um, in a way because, yeah, you, you don't expect that to happen. No. Uh, and you actually felt for, for, for Hugh that, uh, you know, that, uh, that happened and you, you actually, and I think there was even some supporters had run on the, somehow got on the field yes. as well. So you're kind of thinking, all right, what's going to happen here? Is it going to, uh, to blow up in, in, in some kind of, uh, some kind of, some, some kind of way? Um, and then you're thinking, well, if people would start invading the pitch, are they going to call the game off? And you didn't want that to happen. No. Uh, so yeah, so it was a little bit, uh, um, as I said, a little bit eerie. He just didn't know what what could uh, could happen. He, he said it just could have just gone gone crazy. Um, but yeah, you, but, I mean, uh, Hugh, Hugh Dallas was hit with the coin, and yeah. um, Van Bronckhorst then had the corner free kick, just at the, whatever it was. Just put the ball on. You were actually filled by Vidal Rousseff, I think it was. Yep, that's correct, yep. Right. Yep. Okay, so my opinion on that is it's a hundred percent a penalty because I'm a Rangers fan and because it was an actual it was a penalty. Um I don't think you went down easily. I think you done exactly what any player would have done in that situation. You got dragged down. A hundred percent was a penalty. But what I will say is as a footballing fan and as a Rangers fan, Hugh Dallas would have been it would have been completely understandable if Hugh Dallas never gave that penalty because he'd just been hit with the coin. Yep. yep. I mean it took balls, but did you think he would have gave the penalty? When when you get dragged down, did you think hey, this is definitely a penalty here, he's definitely gonna give this? I, I felt it was a definite penalty, but I uh, for some reason I thought that he took a while to make a decision. So uh, it, yeah, at, at that stage it was just still boiling point. Yes. As well. So, you know, the ball gets put into the box. There's always going to something going to happen. And, uh, as you said, that, uh, Vito reset, you know, grabbed me as I tried to, uh, to peel off him behind, uh, at the, at the back post. So, you know, I, I think the decision was, uh, was a correct one. Oh, it was definitely a correct one. But as I said, I think it'd be completely understandable if he never oh, gave he it. Oh, he could have, definitely. He, he, he could have not given it. He could have let it, let it, uh, go. Um, so I can understand that as well with that uh, that situation or what's uh, what's happened. Because uh, after the penalty was awarded, I think it took about three four minutes for Alberts to actually step up because there was a few yeah. pitch invasions again, and it was just yeah. absolute. It was crazy. Um, so the half time yeah. whistles went. Um, two things. First thing is, you're getting in half time two and up. The game's as good as over. Um, What's Dick saying to you all uh, at half time? Is he keeping his calm? Is he is he basically saying keep your composure? They're losing it here. The the fans are going mental. They don't get involved. I I think I think uh, 
think we have to say too much. I think that we were the one team that was actually in control of the situation. Um, I think they had a number of players who had red mist. Yes. Uh, which, which unfortunately for them, because it affected everything they were trying to do. Uh, and I think we were just in that control where we, we, we had our head screwed on. Yeah. And, and we knew that we didn't want to get in any kind of altercation, provocation, anything that was going to you know, either lose a man or change the game in, in, in that regard, because that could happen. You, you lose a player and the game, the, the game changes as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, were you actually aware that a Celtic fan had actually flung himself off um, one of the top tiers onto the uh, crowd below him at halftime? No. No. No, I'm not yeah. aware of that. That, that happened at halftime. A Celtic fan actually jumped off one of the tiers and landed in the, the crowd below him. It was crazy, crazy scenes, honestly. It was just. Jesus. It was the implosion of all implosions by him. Um, so the full-time whistle goes, we've won 3-0, Neil McCann's wrapped it up, um, you go to your knees um, and you lift the ball as if it's a trophy. <laughs> um, I need to ask you, um, I don't expect an answer here, um, but I would bloody love one. Whose idea was it for the huddle? Oh, I don't even remember. I, I think I think it was, because we were all over in that in that area where the uh, the range of supporters were so we were just in uh, in ecstatic mode and happy and just got that result that uh, you know we've just become champions so it was never I don't even remember anyone mentioning it I think it was just something that just ha- happened yeah. what uh, was said in the huddle do you remember that oh I don't even remember <laughs> I don't even remember was it just complete euphoria <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think uh, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, as I said, I, I couldn't. I couldn't remember. There's probably a lot of swearing going on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. In, in, in that uh, in, in that sense. It was uh, from a, a Rangers fans' point of view. It was certainly the the cherry on top of the cake. It really was. Um, everything that happened that day was just perfect, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. change anything. Yeah. Um, no. It was it was just tremendous. I, I take it the dressing room afterwards was pretty colourful as well. Yes, it was. It was. I think even the ride home was colourful. <laughs> um, and then the celebration that evening was colourful. So uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a fantastic uh, a fantastic uh, day. And uh, could could you sense how much it meant to the fans? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, look, they they. They put, you know, they put them through themselves through so much as well. You know, they season ticket holders, travel expenses to do that. They love the club. They want to see the club do well. They want the players to perform. Uh, and, and you know, sometimes there's games you perform well and you don't win, or you perform poorly and you deserve to uh, be criticised. But uh, uh, they were uh, they were fantastic, and uh, I think it was uh, they they had an unbelievable year. Um, and watched, as I said, a lot of great football being played. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and obviously, we finished that season with a treble. Um, a great personal achievement for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that was one of the reasons why I uh, wanted to go to uh, to Rangers was to uh, to win silverware. Um, and it was, uh, yeah. Look, it was an unbelievable year because. You know, ten months before that, you know, I was told that uh, you know I could leave the club, 
and find another club. So just about uh, not being involved, and then all of a sudden playing a, a you know um, a, f- a massive focal point in that in that season. Yeah, absolutely. So the next season, um, I'm not going to go into too much depth about everything that happened in the next season, but there is one particular game that I want to speak about. Um, could you guess what it is? Um, was it? Um, let me think. It was a friendly game. No, pre-season friendly game where I scored three goals. No, no. it wasn't. No, <laughs> we don't. We don't. <laughs> even if that was true, we still wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah, well, no. that was true. I'm trying. To, yeah, it was true. Was it actually true? <laughs> yeah, Livingston. We played Livingston in friendly. I don't know how I remember that. So, uh, <laughs> well, you yeah. scored a hatchet. That's probably how you remember. <laughs> But, um, there you go. There's something else you need to look up. No, no, no. <laughs> but, um, because I think I think this uh, supersedes everything. Parma, yeah. Ibrox, current UEFA Cup uh, holders, yeah. um, Champions League playoff game. They've got Buffon, Lillian Turam, Baggio, Ortego, Cannavaro. Um, we've got a great team as well. I don't think we've got a better team than Parma on paper, especially when you look at what they guys achieved yeah. in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tony, I'm I'm just going to come and say it. You, you you're pretty much immortal with the Rangers fans for this game. You 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 will be remembered until the end of time for us. Uh, yeah. Talk me through that goal and the atmosphere. Uh, look, the uh, the um, the European games were uh, were special, special atmosphere, totally different to uh, to the domestic uh, domestic games. Uh, so it was an opportunity to, to, yeah, to qualify for the for the Champions League, and yeah, came up against, as you said, a very very talented uh, Parma team who had full of internationals, and you know were were uh, had success uh, the years before that. Um, so. The expectation was uh, was high. It was going to be a difficult game. We knew that um, we needed to to get a, a lead uh, going into the second leg, and you know, not conceding. Um, so yeah, and um, that uh, just that uh, night uh, has definitely changed changed me. Um, in uh, in the way that uh, you get on the score sheet um, to uh, to to help uh, help the team take a two 0 lead into uh, second leg and uh, the, the quality of the goal as well when you cut in and then you've you've hit it you know as soon as the ball left your your, your foot did did you have a good feeling it was going in. It happened. It happened pretty quickly. So yeah, as, as I cut in, um, and I think it was Turam who was coming at me. So I just had to had, had to hit it pretty quickly, and uh, yeah, took a took a deflection, took a deflection to to go over Buffon, but uh, you take it anyway. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. And as you said, that it uh, it kind of like took forever for it to go up and then come down and and, and hit the back of the net. So um, yeah. Was I think it, at that uh, was that it the stage, most important I, 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 goal you've ever scored. Oh, yeah, I think for the club, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, it. Uh, well, I think before that, I hadn't scored for the club, so it was probably in, in a competition my first uh, first goal. I think no, no, actually, wouldn't have. So, but European goal, definitely European goal, and yeah. um, it was uh, yeah. It was an unbelievable experience, and it was a fantastic night. 
Um, and as you said, we uh, we actually uh, again we we played some good football again that night. Oh uh, yeah, it's a tremendous yeah. performance, absolutely tremendous. Um, so, so moving on from that, um, obviously we won the double um, that season, we won the league um, and one of the cups. It then started to go wrong for Advocate a little bit. Now, what what would you say was the main downfall for Advocate? Was a was a cliques perf- um, forming in, in the dressing room? Was the Dutch guys maybe not interacting with the other guys? Um, was it all becoming a bit of a kind of individual um, thing rather than a team thing? Uh, yeah, it um, it definitely um, um, was. Something that yeah, there's something definitely definitely changed. Um, I'm just trying to think. Um, there was a quite a bit of turnover of players as well. I think there was, there was new yeah. players. I think uh, they were signing a player every other week. Yeah, that that came in. So the, the, really, the uh, the gel and the chemistry wasn't really there. It was before, and um, I felt that probably that the change of players wasn't wasn't required. Yeah. But and again, but uh, you're going into a um, uh, you know um, the team, the team harmony, you know the balance, the group, how they get on. That uh, kind of maybe has had a bit of an effect as well. And uh, I don't think that uh, um, we played uh, together uh, as uh, as one as we had done previously. Um, whether we became. Um, Complacent, maybe that uh, played part of it as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, Alex McLeish then arrives, and Alex McLeish is very well known for his uh, man management skills and obviously bonding a team together. Um, what would you say was the main changes that happened under under McLeish pretty much straight away? How how did he manage to get performances out of these players that Advocate just failed to do towards the end? Uh, look, I think it was the uh, the, the fight, the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, working working for each other. I think that probably disappeared a little bit because uh, uh, you you, ha- you got to you got to play at one hundred percent. You can't play ninety or eighty percent um, because the other teams will will fight harder than you. And I think that's probably what happened. And that's probably something that Alex brought in. He was getting that. You know, we knew the quality that we had that we can play football. But again, it's that. You know, you've got to work. You've got to roll your sleeves up first to uh, to, to to win your win your battles and uh, and then play football. Uh, and I think that's probably something that we uh, forgot to do. Yeah, it was it was quite a remarkable turnaround. Um, obviously, we we went on to win the the Scottish League Cup and the Scottish Cup. Um, in actual fact, your last ever kind of game, I know you didn't make an appearance from the the bench. Was the three two Scottish Cup one against Celtic? Yep. Um, as I alluded to, you didn't actually come off the bench that day. But what was it like just sitting on the bench watching just an absolutely remarkable game unfold? Yeah, it was uh, yeah nerve wracking. When you're not uh, not on the pitch, then it becomes even more uh, hard to uh, to watch because you want to be out there. Uh, yeah, you don't really have any control of what's uh, what's happening. But uh, yeah, as you said, that it was a uh, a free flowing game, but it was also tough and. Um, yeah, it, it it could have gone either way, um, and I think uh, we uh, we got scored late to, uh, to to win the game. Uh, if I can, if I if I recall that correctly, yes, we did. It was basically the last kick of the ball with Peter Lovingtons. Yes, um, yep. It was just 
as a fan, it was just unbelievable, unbelievable. So getting into the next season, um, obviously this you, you would then go to leave Rangers to join um, Middlesbrough. What did McLeish say to you about leaving? Did they say like you can go with my blessing? Did you want to leave? Was there any chance mm, of you staying? Uh, on? Well, that was that was probably the disappointing part, uh, which I probably was disappointed, and that before that, before. Uh, um, I reckon it was months before I spoke with uh, with with uh, with Dick because he went up to the upstairs and uh, we spoke and he said that uh, you know he said to me do you want to stay I said yep I'm, I, I'd like to stay on so he said that um, yeah all right we'll, we'll get that sorted so in in discussion we kind of had an agreement that I would uh, continue on for another year. Um, and then months went past and I didn't really hear anything uh, so I thought it was a bit strange uh, and then I think it was the lead up to the cup um, that uh, Alex called me into his office and he basically said look the goalposts have changed we uh, we can't offer you a contract so that was uh, yeah that was actually disappointing because um, it was yes we'll offer you to negotiations and then there wasn't so it kind of uh, yeah I was disappointed in how it was uh, it was handled I thought they could have uh, handled that much better yeah. uh, if they knew that a few months before then tell me yeah. um, so from from my point of view I don't know if any Rangers fans agree or disagree I'm, I'm only giving my personal uh, opinion here it seemed very odd to me that he let you go and then signed um, one of your fellow uh, countrymen, Kevin Muscat. Yep. Because Muscat played in essentially the same position as you. Um, yep. And McLeish didn't trust Muscat when it came to an old firm game, for example, because of his temperament and obviously his track record. I'm not saying anything bad about Kevin here. I'm, I'm stating basically what happened. And... And then in January of that year, we went and signed Jerome Bonisell, uh, who was a left-back. So essentially, he signed a guy, Kevin Muscat, who could play right-back or left-back, and he signed Jerome Bonisell, who can play left-back, for reasons that can only be described as squad depth, when he actually had you there that could, you know, you're one guy, but you can play in three or four different positions. It did seem odd to me, um, and I don't think he actually thought it through very well. So... No... No, I, 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 I look, as I it. said, I, I think it was, I think it was, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I, I think the Kevin Musket was already done, um, just before that, so it was a, probably a situation where we've just signed the defender with them, we need to, to let me go. So, yeah. uh, yeah, look, that's, in the end, that's he, that's his, his call, that's his decision, um, and, and and then you just move on. Yeah. That's uh, that's all we, that's all you can do. So uh, as as you said, you, you did move on. You went to play for Middlesbrough and then Cardiff. From what I gather, you're a bit of a kind of yeah. cult hero with Cardiff. W- would you say you enjoyed your spell at Cardiff more than you did Middlesbrough? Uh, actually, I enjoyed both. Yeah. I enjoyed both. I was only I, I went to Middlesbrough. Uh, I think it was around September, so I already missed the first few months of the season. So I went there late. So it was an opportunity to uh, to be there, played, you know, played half a dozen games uh, in the Premier League. So for me, that was, I look back now, and that was uh, enjoyable time for, for a short uh, period that I was there. But uh, Cardiff was fantastic. I uh, I loved it. Uh, 
good uh, good people in the club, fantastic people in the club, fantastic supporters, um, and uh, yeah, we had a uh, had a decent team then then as well, and. Uh, I actually uh, and a and a very good manager in uh, in, in Lenny Lawrence where yeah. no, that uh, I went there at uh, 34 and uh, I think I missed one game through the whole uh, through the whole season. So uh, was that during yeah, the time that Sam Hammond was the the owner? Yes. Yeah, yep, he was yep, quite a controversial yep, figure. Yep. 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 So he was a yeah interesting character. Yeah. Very. Person. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we. Uh, that uh, that season, they just uh, got promoted to uh, to the championship, so it was always going to be difficult. But uh, we actually uh, performed pretty good. Uh, probably towards the end, we we started to uh, to drift away, uh, missing out on uh, playoff place. Uh, but uh, no, nah, it was a good uh, it was a good city. Uh, and as I said, uh, enjoyed my football there. So um, yeah, I can only uh, say uh, lots of good things there. Um, so you, you, you returned to uh, Breda after that and then you go back to your homeland in Australia for Central Coast where you actually win the A-League Premiership. Um, you then have a bit of a, a heart scare. Um, how, how did this? How did you find out about this? Um, was it a relief when obviously everything gets sorted? Were you, were you worried that your career was going to be over? Uh, well, I was 35 so it was coming to... It yeah, it was coming to end anyway, career. but obviously you wanted to end in your terms. Yeah, well, well, that was the thing. It was uh, the World Cup, uh, 2006 World Cup year. Yeah. So, um, you know, we just qualified from uh, from Uruguay months before, and uh, going for a for a routine medical, which all the players had to uh, had to do. They uh, found uh, an irregular heartbeat, so uh, had to uh, do testing, further testing, and other stuff, and. Uh, yeah, cutting a, a, a long story short, it was uh, probably a good thing that uh, that happened because no, um, it was uh, one that I was very uh, lucky that it got found at uh, at an early stage and uh, it could have been uh, fatal. Yeah. And, um, had, had six months off, I came back and and, and, that, and that's how I ended back in Australia and, uh, and played those two more years at uh, Central Coast. So yeah. I was able to uh, to, to, to finish my career how I would have uh, wanted to the qualifying for the World Cup was am I right I might be wrong here um, it went to a penalty shootout and you actually took one of the penalties was that yeah, the World that's Cup that's correct yeah. that's correct yep that's correct yep when I've, I've watched footage of it and to be honest Tony there was no way you were ever going to miss that were you <laughs> yeah that day I definitely wasn't going to miss it it no. was uh, yeah, it was an unbelievable night, and uh, yeah, we just again we just had that belief that uh, we would uh, we would qualify, we would win, and uh, yeah, through the ninety minutes and extra time, and then to take the penalty, I was uh, confident that I was going to uh, go into score. No, it was it was a good penalty as well, um, and you you played in the World Cup. No, 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 because no, the uh, the uh, when they found the uh, oh, irregularity, that was. So your last game was against Newcastle Jets in the grand final. Um, obviously, yeah. it wasn't. He's never won that game. But were you happy to retire on your terms? Were you happy that you could call it a day without anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Look, I, I probably could have gone another year. I think that physically I could have gone another year. But I thought, you know, this is probably the time to, to do it. You don't know what's going to happen next year and uh, felt that uh, I still had some petrol in the tank to go but uh, felt that this was the time to do it uh, 
yeah. well before people actually tapping you on the shoulder and saying it's time. So yeah. <laughs> as you said, they, you, you do it on your own terms and uh, yeah. It was a, uh, I look, the result was disappointing, uh, but uh, I just look back and just think that uh, had a had a fantastic uh, time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, everything with the heart's okay now? Yep, yep, good. no, everything's good. I'm uh, still still going on, so yeah, uh, no, no, good everything is, uh, is good. So after, after you retire, you've uh, coached at Adelaide Youth, uh, the South Australian National Training Centre, uh, Australia Under-17s, currently assistant manager with Melbourne City, which is actually part of the City Football Group, which is owned by yep. Manchester City Sheik. What's their influence like? Is it, is it, you know, is it an exciting time to be part of, of Melbourne? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I think they've. Uh, I think they've had the club now for four years. So it's still, it's still finding its feet, finding its way around. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely is a, an exciting time um, to be with uh, with the club. Um, they have uh, 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 unbelievable training facilities, yeah. uh, second to none in, in the country for, for football. Uh, and uh, yeah, now we just need to uh, start to, uh, to to win titles, uh, and that's something that we're trying to uh, uh, work with the, with the current group and uh, emphasising about uh, being uh, being winners, serial winners, and uh, really um, making the most of uh, the, their opportunities. You, you've actually signed a player from Rangers, Michael Howard. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Would, yes. Would, did you have an influence in that, or was it? No, no, that was uh, that was Warren Joyce. He uh, he knew he knew about Michael. I think he's uh, possibly worked with him before. Uh, so no, I had uh, no influence on on that. Yeah, um, no, it's, I think maybe there's a connection there with Bolton or something, maybe something to do Yeah, that's yeah. correct, yeah, that's correct, yeah. So, so what's your own personal ambitions um, as a coach? Do you want to be a manager? Do you want to eventually manage in Europe, coach in Europe? Is that what you want to do or not really thought well, look, about I it? Think, yeah, yeah, look, I think, um, you know, as a, as a player, you want to go as far as you can and as high as you can. And, uh, uh, you know, this is my second season as, uh, as an assistant coach. I've been a head coach with the, with the national team with the, uh, the 17. Yeah. So, you know, my ambition is that, uh, one day I'd like to, uh, to coach in the A-League. Um, ideally where I'm at now would be, uh, would be fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, you, then you, you look beyond that and, uh, yeah, you, you have that, uh, thought of that you want to, you want to head overseas and, uh, to, to coach in, uh, in Europe. Yeah. So it's still that, uh, ambition that I want to do that as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just, uh, it probably is, is, Opportunities are probably less than the were as players, but uh, you never know what uh, what can happen. Yeah, um, well, I'm sure if you <coughs> I'm sure if you put the same amount of dedication and commitment as you did as a player into your coaching career, then I think that's something you certainly will achieve. Just a couple of more questions. I asked um, Craig Moore this, um, and he gave me a very interesting answer. Australian players are seem to be coming through at a decent level now um, a decent ability as well do you think Rangers are actually missing a trick with the, the scouting network in Australia because we have missed out on a few good players that have come over to Scotland and indeed England I think it's still a market that um, Scottish football can can take I think now 
There's a few who've moved to uh, to Hearts this year. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I think, three Aussie players who've have gone there, uh, and and over the period of time, there are Aussie players who are going into uh, into Scottish football. I think it's it's a uh, it's it's a market that here that they can look into. Um, I think that the, there's players who uh, uh, have that uh, physical capacity, but also the uh, technical and tactical side of the game as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's something that I think, uh, and again, it, depending on what kind of player they're looking at, um, you know, are they for a ready-made player, or are they looking for a younger player who they can uh, work with to uh, to develop uh, for the first team. So again, that's something that. Uh, uh, if that's the club that's looking at, but definitely there are there are players here who I think can can do well in uh, in Scottish football. Well, hopefully, if you see one coming through that's going to be good enough, hopefully they're straight on the phone to, to govern and tell them. What <laughs> <laughs> um, do you still follow Rangers? Are you still a Rangers fan? Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that's never going to leave me. No, that's good. Uh, so uh, when I uh, when I can, I can uh, always look to uh, to watch the games. Uh, they show games here live, so it's always uh, always good to uh, to watch them. What what do you make of uh, the appointment of Stephen Gerrard? Yeah, look, it's uh, you know people would have probably said it was an interesting one, um, and I think that uh, yeah, look, someone who has only just started managing. But uh, I think he's, uh, from the reports I heard, that uh, he done well at uh, at Liverpool with their uh, with the youth team, and uh, someone who has uh, a lot of football knowledge as a player. And I think he's one that probably will pick it up as a coach. Uh, so if I was actually excited with the appointment. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was massive over over in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. in the whole of Britain, actually, it was it was yeah. uh, pretty much the number one news story in football. How yeah. big how big was it in Australia? Was was there much coverage of it? Uh, there was, yeah, there was, there was coverage of it. So, uh, yeah, look, it was uh, uh, an appointment that was uh, that was heard here. So, as I said, I thought it was a uh, an interesting choice, uh, but probably haven't had uh, that. Much success over the last uh, few years, so they needed to look at something different. So, hopefully, he uh, brings the enthusiasm and, uh, as I said, the knowledge and uh, um, to the to the team, and uh, that uh, they really uh, push uh, push to, uh, to 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 get as high as possible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And do you come over to Scotland much? I have since I've left. I have not been back. Well, and, you need to change uh, that, Tony. You need to change that. You need to change it. Well, well, the thing is, the thing was, I was uh, actually supposed to come with the uh, with the family. We were, we were, uh, last Christmas, we wanted to uh, head to uh, to the UK um, just to uh, go to Scotland and to uh, and to Wales, where our uh, two children were born, to yeah. show them where they were, where they kind of grew up. Yeah. Uh, but um, my football job. Got in the way, right. and because uh, I was appointed assistant coach just before Christmas, so I was not able to uh, to do that. But uh, it's something that I'm looking at uh, in the next uh, 12, 18 months no, to uh, to get there. Well, I can guarantee that um, if you ever do come back, you'll be warmly received by every single Rangers fan. Um, as I say, we've got very fond memories, especially of the goal against Parma, and you played in a lot of big matches and you won us a lot of titles. So for that, I can only thank you. Um, and also, um, I'd like to thank you for giving me your time t- uh, today. Um, you've been very 
very uh, honest. Um, you've answered everything I've asked, and it's just been a tremendous pleasure speaking to you. No, no, it's been uh, it's been good. Uh, it's always uh, nice to uh, to to uh, to remember back uh, back uh, all those years ago. And uh, yeah, as I said, I uh, I, I love my time in, uh, in in Glasgow. And um, yeah, thank you very much for uh, um, having this interview. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.